my mama gave me all she had. Uh, I made it to town, and I literally rolled, ran out of gas as I pulled in. And, and luckily, I was I was uh, I was moving in with a friend of mine, and he uh, he let me stay with him and fed me and put gas in my truck for about a month, uh, and took took really good care of me. And uh, but yeah, it was that first month was, was pretty bad. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We got a fun episode for you this week. Our conversation is with country artist, entrepreneur, and even city council member, uh, Craig Campbell. It's a fun one. You won't want to miss it. But uh, you know what? We're not going to waste a whole lot of time. We're going to get right into the show. Because up next is Tasting Notes with Chad Watson, a.k.a. My Daily Bourbon, as we talk about the bourbon culture. Has it gone crazy yet? (laughs) Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us again here on Tasting Notes, it's Chad Watson, a.k.a. My Daily Bourbon. He's part of the Bourbon Life crew. Chad, welcome back. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, last time we were... Ooh, that was like a pop. I know. That, that was well time too. Uh, last time we talked about, is there a daily drinker anymore? And I don't think we laid it on if that really does exist anymore. At least for most of us, it, it might not. Or at least it's few and far between. And I think this maybe follow is a good follow-up to that because my question for you that you kind of posed to me... <laughs> was uh is the current bourbon culture just getting too much for some you know because there's a lot of bottles there's a lot of different things happening is it too much hmm. so th- this is this is one of those topics where like i feel like i could i could talk out of both sides of my mouth but for <laughs> no but at the same time i'm, I'm not it's chad point. versus chad <laughs> so Maybe that should I, be a new series for you on my daily bourbon. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean that. I'm, mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um, I I think there's a lot of confliction in the bourbon market right now because uh, if you look at a lot of products, there's a lot of buzzwords. And like right now, I'm drinking uh, Barrel Vantage and you know a blend of straight bourbon, whiskeys finished in Mizunara French, and toasted American oak. So toast it's hot. I, I mean, I toasted. I love toasted. Um, I, I love double barrel, re-aged, whatever. So there's a lot of products out there. And I, I think that customers feel something has to be done. Like, And it's just a small subset. Something has to be done to a product to make it awesome, to make it you know hot, to make it you know, social media worthy, influencer worthy, or whatever. And that's not always true. But there's also the side of people who only want one brand or they're only looking for, you know, like Sazerac or Buffalo Trace products. And then you got the people who, um, they, they want all their wax store picks. So there's all these little different subsets of people who they like what they like. They want what they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging you at all, unless you're putting, you know, stormtroopers and, and wax on top of a new riff bottle. Then, then I might judge you a little bit, but at, still you like what you like. But there's not like, I feel like there's no happy medium here. 
So I, it's, it's almost an obsession for most of these people. Uh, and I feel like I've, I myself, I'm just kind of, and you two, we're, we're just kind of like lax into this, you know, we, we test the waters, we see what's out there, but we don't really belong to any one portion of that. Mm -hmm. And, and working in the retail side of, of the industry, it's crazy to see people who are doing zoom calls and meetings in my store, or they're in my store every 30 minutes because they are hunting for stuff and they're looking for things. Do you have this? Or I've seen this on Facebook. Like, and I, it, a part of me thinks social media, and I, I mean, we're, I'm not saying we're like, we're a direct part of it, but we are, we are kind of a part of it mm -hmm. because we are on social media. Um, but people are wanting it's FOMO. Like it's a hundred percent FOMO. Like they, they, they have to have everything. But once again, it's those little pods. Like, so what I'm seeing is, is li like literally only one small subset of people and I don't have Facebook, but I mean, you get on Facebook and there's vast, like, mm. I mean, you got groups who are dedicated to everything, but is that taking the fun out of it? Like, is it becoming too serious of a hobby for some people? And they're really trying to turn it into like a personality trait. Like, then that's fine, but it, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to, <laughs> is it healthy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, uh, that, yeah, that basically I was trying to find like a, you know, like a, a smarter way to say that, but yeah. It, it is it becoming a social norm or like is that healthy for people to do that because i i don't i myself like you know i talk to friends we talk whiskey all the time we talk liquor whatever but i i truly believe there are some people out there who are turning it into a lifestyle unintentionally and it's you know it's almost it's an obsession it's almost a sickness it's you know it's kind of a compulsory thing where people feel like they have to and it's kind of taking the fun out of it. Like it, when you see that so many times a day, you're kind of wondering like, man, what that, like, was I like this? Am I like this? Cause I'm seeing it, you know, third hand. And I've talked to other friends about this too. And we've kind of said, you should have more conversations than about whiskey. You know, it's one thing if you, if like you have a social media account or a podcast, like that's it. But when, if you have a group chat with people or you're in a Facebook group and that's it, that's all you talk about. I mean, you might need to seek other hobbies or other alternatives because I, 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 it's just, yeah, I don't think it is a healthy state of mind. So to, so to speak. Well, and, and, and to, and to your point too, about how like there, there are those little subgroups. I, I'm on a couple of Facebook gr groups as I, you know, promote some of the stuff that, that I do. And it is wild to see how some people are anti this, or you know, when I say anti this, like, Oh, you know, you, you went down the BTAC route. How dare you? Or you didn't go down the BTAC route. How dare you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, but I thought bourbon was supposed to be whatever you want, but then they turn around and chastise someone for what they picked, uh, because you know, that's what they like. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, you know, last year I did my 28 days of Blanton's. We all had fun on that. I had a lot of fun on that, but I got to see both sides of the people who were like, you know, one, you like Blanton's or you own Blanton's, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're a tater. And it's like, the hell? And then I got to see the other side of that, which was like, why would you desecrate such a holy thing? And I was there to do that. I wanted to upset both of those sides to show like it is, it's at the end of the day, I always tell people it's just brown water. Like th this is brown water. Like I don't care what happens, life or death nothing changes. I've had people run into my store. You know, we, we put an allocation out. They come running in like 30 minutes after it's gone. 
you know, I hit a kid on my way here. I broke 20 traffic laws. And it's like, it's, it's a freaking bottle of brown water. Who, who cares? Like if, if you had to do all that to get here, something is wrong. Like mentally, like you, you need to like not think in that way, but it, we, and, and I'll say like, you know, we do shun people. Like I'm speaking as us as a whole, you know, not just you and I, but as a community, we do shun people and may not agree with it. And, and I do like to have fun trolling people. Sometimes that's fun. Or, I'll, you know, I like to pick fun and make jokes. Who doesn't? I mean, that's just the nature of humans. But when you, and you're right, you know, there's, there's a group that I'm in where someone posted that they did not like a bottle from a certain person and people chastise them because that like, you, you know, do you know who that is? Do you know who blended that? Who, who did that? If you knew, if you understood, you wouldn't be saying that. And that person came back and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it actually is pretty good. Like, no, 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 no. If who cares who does what if you don't like it you don't like it. if you do like it, you do like it i mean drink it how you want to drink it enjoy it how you want to have it if you want to have 90 percent coke like I, I did that real and i got so so much attention and i don't understand why but uh where i poured mostly the coke zero and then a little bit of buffalo trace i love that by if the way that was a great one <laughs> i mean that was me at one point i mean that's where i started i started drinking coke and Buffalo Trace, and then I moved into Buffalo Trace on the rocks, and then I moved into, you know, neat with some water. And by some water, I mean like stick it on the faucet. Like, that that way, it could still thin it out without being cold. I was like, I don't like cold whiskey anymore. I'm a man. Uh, and then I just started, you know, drinking it neat. Which who cares? But I, I got some hate on that where people were like, you know, it's. I drink it this way. I'm like, and that's fine. I'm making fun of the people who don't want to admit they drink it this way because they think it's not manly. I mix and it. Doesn't matter. It could be five hundred dollars. I'll mix it. I, I don't. I don't. My my dad mixes everything with diet coke. I don't know that I've ever seen. Besides, when he and I went to Woodford Reserve in like 2017 or 2018, did a tour. I don't know that I've ever seen that man drink whiskey that did not have diet coke in it. But who cares? I mean, like. There's plenty of days where I'll come home. I make I I pre-make my old fashions now. Like I you know I used oh, to have fun fancy. shooting. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. I, I, every time I do, it's like the the world needs to know that I'm making an old fashioned. You know, it needs to be like today, Chad Watson. And no, like I, who cares? So now I pre-make it all. I put it in the bottom of my fridge, and I'll come home. It's like, damn, you know what I really want? It's just an old fashioned, and I I use my own brown sugar maple syrup in it. Uh, I use cherry bitters, and I, I like a sweet old fashioned. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I got, I was on Reddit once, and it was like, "What's your favorite old fashioned recipe?" And I put mine. I gave it, and people were like, "That's too sweet. You need more bittering agents, or you need to do this." I'm like, "No, I like it sweet. I want a sweet old fashioned. If I, it's gonna be a boozy old fashioned, but I, I still want to be sweet. If I wanted bitter and strong and peppery i would just drink the damn whiskey on its own like that's that's why i'm having it in cocktails because that's that's what i don't want but it, it's it's like it's, it's and i mean that was a few years ago but it's always weird how like going back full circle how i don't know if that's my dog or your dog I was squeaking on something that might have been my ear <laughs> oh <laughs> my earbud decided to fall out <laughs> uh i was like what was that um but it it's it's weird how you know you get into those those little pods of people. I mean, it's like clicks in high school. It it just I don't know. It still shocks me, and it shouldn't. 
but it, it's always a surprise to me to see how offended people get over something that should be fun. I mean, we're not raking in billions of dollars like, you know, Sazerac and Heaven Hill and all these companies are. We're supplying them with that money. We are the consumer in this. So if, if you can't consume this and enjoy it, then what the hell's the point? I, I think that's probably the best way to phrase it is have fun, drink it how you like it. And if someone doesn't exactly. like it that way, who cares? It, who cares? Who cares? And see, this is why I always enjoy having you on tasting notes, let you go off on a little rant, get some good <laughs> things. And I also might have to post a quick clip of I'm a man that might, might be like, you know, uh, Gundy uh, out of Oklahoma State. <laughs> so, so, Chad, I appreciate you as always. <laughs> hey, man, th thanks for having me. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, he's a country artist, entrepreneur, and he's even a city council member. Plus, he just released the Lost Files Exhibit A back in February. Welcome in, Craig Campbell. Hey, man. Well, that's a that's a long list of, of things you got going. Um, do, do you stay busy these days? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 always looking for something to put on my plate, uh, as if I don't have enough already. But I'm just, you know, I'm having fun. I finally got to a, a space in my life where uh, my priorities are in line, and uh, things are just happening, man. You know, things. Dreams are constantly coming true, and my family's healthy, and, and it's the it's just every all of it's just everything's good. Can't complain. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now this show is called Bar Conversations. I got a little little bourbon, a little seventeen ninety two foolproof tonight. You got if you're not drinking, what's your go to drink, or you got something good tonight? Oh man, I'm a uh, I love I love a good glass of Cabernet. Uh, it's probably my most my most uh, common or most uh if you see me with something in my hand it's usually going to be that but if i'm out and about you know uh, i love a good old-fashioned um and so yeah that's about it those are my two go-to's i was gonna say I, i've dabbled in wine recently my wife and i went to, to patagonia a couple about a month or so ago and we we've uh, been blown into the world of malbacs and, okay. and those have been really delicious yeah, malbec you know what some of my uh, been to Australia a few times and they got a really good Malbec over there. And, and, uh, obviously Argentina, they, they have some good Malbecs, but, uh, I, I, I stick to the Cabernet though. But if, if, if they don't have Cabernet and they have a Malbec, I'll, I'll have some of that. Now, now, now I also have to ask this question because uh, I saw the video that you did for hurting on it, you know, kind of for the, the, uh, streaming services and so forth. What was it like to smash those, uh, those beer cans all over yourself? Well, it was one of those <laughs> things I told the guys filming, I said, Hey, we got, we got to get this in one shot. Cause I don't want to have to go, I don't want to have to go dry off and then, and then, uh, you know, start over and do this thing again. So that was a one take and yeah, it was fun. You know, stone cold, Steve Austin just cracked them smashed them shook them and uh it was fun it was cold it was cold that day i do remember that and i remember we, as soon as we got done i, I rushed in here and dried off and, and uh put on some dry clothes now now was that now did you get the bush light uh like uh super bowl pack after that before that how did that so work i got the bush light before that before that video they, they sent me you know they sent me that stuff in in preparation for Super Bowl, um, and I had a couple of leftover, so it was it was uh, some good props. 
There you go. There you go. Now, looking at your social media, it looks like you enjoy having a, a good time on there, whether it's you know, getting called out by Walker Hayes and having your family do some dances or just, you know, sharing things. What What's it like to to have some fun on, on social media? I love it. You know, and I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I love I love uh, doing it. I love uh, the reactions we get. I love I love the 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 interaction i guess you would say with with the with the fans and and stuff like that but i will say that like the day of when i'm when i get when i have my guys come over and we start filming um i I'm, i don't look forward to it but once we get started and we get rolling i mean i have fun with it but it's like that whole when i wake up i'm like oh my god we got to shoot content today uh you know it's in it but there's there's that little little part of the day where I'm like I don't want to do this, but then uh, we get we get into it and it's it it usually ends up being a lot of fun. Well, and you have your family involved sometimes, and and you show showing them them as well. What's it it like to kind of share your life, uh, you know, on social media too? In addition to those fun fun things. Oh man, I think it's cool. It's cool. You know, I try to. You know, I think media is is has been has been spun in a, in a, in a negative way for a lot of people. You know, I think social media is more of a highlight reel than anything, but I try to, I try to make sure that what you see is the real thing. I'm not trying to make something sound better than it really is. It's just, I'm just having fun. Me and my girls, uh, it's not fake. It's, it's real. Um, you know, and so it's, it's good to be able to, to share that with my family. Now, now mentioning you, you got two daughters, um, you, you, it, it was kind of funny, you know, you're running a little, little behind for, from volleyball. I was, I got here just from, from dance practice, but I got a four-year-old daughter. So what am I in store for coming up here? Man, look <laughs> from four, okay. From about four, that's why I tell, I tell uh, guys all the time that have, have daughters from around four years old till about 10 is the best it'll ever be. It's, uh. They still think you are Superman. You can do anything. They love you. They hold your hand in public. They, uh, you know, just they they snuggle with you on the couch. Um, so enjoy, enjoy the from forward from now till about ten or eleven years old. Uh, you know, and when they become a woman, you know that <laughs> then they become they they transition into uh, being more of a mama's girl then. All right, so I got got a few more years. That's yeah. good. That's soak good. it up, brother. Yeah, <laughs> soak it worried. up. Enjoy it. <laughs> it. It has been been flying by, and and I just enjoy what sometimes they come up with. You know, my daughter the other night came downstairs after we put her to bed, and she goes, "Mommy, Daddy, I'm hot. I'm I'm hotter than the sun." <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> You know, they're, 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 they're yeah. something else. And, uh, I, I will do my best to make sure time, time yeah. slows down now. And in, in addition to your, you know, your daughters, your wife, um, is uh pretty talented. She's, you know, you were in her band at one point. Is that yeah, right? That's how we met. You know, well, I say this, how we met, we knew each other, uh, before that, but, um, she always had a boyfriend and then, um, uh, and then there was a, um, a window of her not having a boyfriend and, and it just so happened she needed a piano player for a gig. And, uh, so she called me and, uh, we got together for rehearsal and, and, uh, I never left, I never left her house. So it just worked out. 
I was going to say, have, have you pitched this story to like Hallmark or GAC or one of them? Oh, well, there's, there's not enough drama in it. You know, we've, we've had a pretty uneventful life uh, outside of just some, some of our entrepreneurial experiences and, and, and record deals and stuff like that. But I don't think this, I don't think my, my story is twisty enough for, uh, for Hallmark. Well, but there was a window of opportunity and you found that, that, that is kind of how some I of them tried, I tried, you know, she always had a board for him. And then finally, finally, like I said, the, the, uh, the opportunity presented itself. So, uh, I, I stepped through the door. Now, now you met her in Nashville, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah she, now, uh, she lived here before I did. And, uh, but my bass player, uh, dated her roommate. So that's how I knew her before I moved here. Because I, I was going to say, is, is the story true that you got to Nashville from Georgia with uh, uh, two rolls of quarters and a roll of dimes yeah, and barely made true. it? My mama gave me all she had. Uh, I made it to town, and I literally rolled, r- ran out of gas as I pulled in. And, and luckily, I was I was uh, I was moving in with a friend of mine, and he uh, he let me stay with him and fed me and put gas in my truck for about a month. Uh, and took took really good care of me, and uh, but yeah, it was that first month was was pretty bad. Now you know you, you moved up to Nashville to to pursue music. When you know, have you always had a love of music, or when did that come on in life? Yeah, I mean, I say the music was was always there. It was always something I felt like I was good at, or maybe the or if there was anything in my life that I thought I was good at, that was the one thing that I felt like I was better at than anything. Um, and it's just, I craved it. I craved being on stage. I craved just, it was just part of me. It was inside, you know, I tell people all the time that I didn't choose it. It chose me. Um, and it's just all, it's all, all I've ever known. Now, obviously, there's a, a thing about having a love of music, wanting to, to play, you know, maybe pick up a guitar, do things. When was that realization, though, that it could be something more and, and you know, worth going after a career in it? Well, honestly, there was no, uh, like, all I ever wanted to do was play music and pay my bills, keep my lights turned on. And so I did that. I did that at, at a very early age. I, before I ever moved to Nashville, I, I had a band and and we played all over the United States and and uh i I was paying my bills and then i i had the opportunity to move to nashville and i even then i was like i just want to get to nashville play music pay my bills it wasn't until probably five or so years after living in town that i i had the desire to be on the radio you know and uh so that it was a gradual process Uh, but it, it it started out just being able to survive and now it's kind of went back to that with with how where I am in, in my career now. It's just like, hey, I'm just having fun with it now, and just uh, and paying my bills. It's 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 a, it's a great time. Well, I was gonna say you you kind of came up the the old school way in in a sense. You paid your dues, worked through things, and and that's how how things that yeah, have worked I mean, out for you. You know, and everybody has a different path, but yeah, that was my path. I, I played in the bars and the honky tonks uh, for several years before I moved to Nashville, and then even when I got here, I, I did that same thing here on Lower Broadway. Uh, basically, like you said, uh, cutting my teeth and sharpening my my tools and 
and it, it was just it's, it's not everybody takes that same path, but it was my path, and and I had I had a great time with it. Well, and, and one of the first gigs uh, I think you landed in, in Nashville or on your way up there was with Luke Bryan. Yeah, As yeah. A keyboard uh, player. Me and for I had a mutual friend that that told me that Luke was looking for a piano player for a few shows, and and uh, they threw my name in the hat, and I just yeah, I went out and played with played with Luke for about a year, well, a little less than a year. Now this was now this was before he became like yeah, the yeah, Luke Bryan we all know, had, right? Before he had a record deal. And and did he tell you to to leave the band and you didn't need to be there anymore? Did he That's, fire you? Yeah, you know, with a, with a smile on his face, he was like, "Man, you don't need to be anybody's side man. You need to you need to be out front, and uh, uh, I'm gonna help you out with that." And uh, so, yeah, he technically fired me, but then he he pointed me in the right direction. Well, that, that's a that's a good friend friend there, and and now, granted, I'm sure at the time, I don't know no, if you thought that. Not at all. <laughs> now, obviously, when you were finally able to get out there on your own and and kind of land that first record deal, what was what was that journey like? Because you, I know you played with a couple of different bands before that kind of came to fruition. Oh yeah, I mean, playing with Luke was a big was a was a great learning experience, and then I played piano for Tracy Bird. That was awesome, and then. uh you know, in the meantime, just writing songs and and uh, playing piano for other people on Lower Broadway, and then eventually transitioning into doing my own thing. Um, hat, getting that record deal was was uh, it was right on time. You know, I, when I first got to town, I wasn't ready, or I, I would have told you I was, but looking back, I knew I, I now I know I wasn't. <laughs> but uh, it's been a great journey. My first having that first record deal was 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 perfect timing and. Uh, family man being the first single was was the perfect first song it was you know i could sit here and talk to you all night long about the all the god things that have happened in my life but that's uh that's it's all his his plan well i was gonna say i mean you kind of came out of the gate with with some some great songs and you know you had family man keep them kisses coming out of my head outskirts of heaven what were those first few albums like when you were able to have that success it was uh Again, you know, I was able, it was able to take some of that success and just keep the lights on at the home. It's, it always goes back to that. Um, I was just, uh, I, instead of playing for just friends and family around the campfire, I was able to go out and play play country music for thousands of, of country music fans. So it's just a different level, but same same concept. Now, you know, when keep them keep the kisses coming was climbing the charts your your first record label folded obviously that's not exactly what you want to have happen but it was having some chart success did you call around to keep keep making sure that it would would get oh, yeah. get airplay yeah cuz you know when that when the the news broke that the record label was closing they a lot of the radio stations just automatically said well if the record label's closing then uh we don't have to play this song anymore. So it started, I started seeing it go down on the chart. And, uh, so I just picked up the phone, started calling the people that were dropping it. And I had, my, my approach was two questions. And it was like, Hey, I, I see that you, you're backing off the spins. Uh, my first question is why? Second question is how can I turn it around? And 
I was able to do that for about six more weeks, and, and we went from 13 to 7 on the chart. Where does that drive come from to just you know pick up the phone? Because other guys would be like, all right, whatever. But for you to pick up the phone, call around, because there's a lot of country radio stations across the country. I was mad. I was like, they were they were they were stopped. They stopped playing the song just because of of uh, a a record deal situation. Um, And so that was my pitch. It was like, look, this this song is is still a hit song. Just because I don't have a big major record label backing me up anymore doesn't doesn't change anything. Uh, so that's that's where that all came from. Now, now does that go back to your your roots in, in Georgia? Well, I mean, work ethic is part of that, and just people doing the right thing is is the other part of it. Like, you know, just if you're if you're if you re- decide to stop spinning my record just because I don't have a record label anymore, that's just not the right thing to do. Now, now, what was it like growing up in a in a small town in Georgia? What what impact did that have on you, musically, and what you you grew up listening to? I mean, you can listen to my music and and see how it impacted. There's things that I sing about on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, a lot of my songs are very have, have a have a religious flair to them. Uh, a lot of my songs talk about family a lot. You know, family man and when she grows up and what a girl will make you do. Uh, and then there's also a bunch of songs just talk about how, how it was for me growing up. And so, and that's, that's what I want my music to be. I want people to hear it and say, I've never met that guy, but I know who he is. And I, I would love to have a beer with that guy. And that's, that's the, uh, that's the goal. Or maybe or glass a glass of wine. Of wine. <laughs> now, now, uh, you know, we, Obviously, I, I don't like to ask this question per, per se in the sense of can you, you know tell me your sound, but clearly you've got a storytelling kind of background. Is that from that classic country early '90s time time frame? Is that kind of where where that comes oh, yeah. comes yeah, from? I mean, I feel like I was influenced uh, by that that whole class from 1987 to 1994, 95. When I feel like some of the best country music that's ever ever happened uh that's when i was being influenced the most and uh they say you emulate your heroes and so that's that's just it just happened and i was taught by some of the best so uh, i i'm not i'm not ashamed of that at all well it's a, it's a, it was a great era in, in country music and and it comes through when you can tell a a story through a through a song, I think, and when you can really visualize being there, being alongside yeah, someone, no doubt. Now, now, you know, you talk about influencing and, and you know, em, imitate, emulating, and so forth. People are doing that now with social media. You know, I mean, even Outskirts of Heaven kind of got a renewed, <laughs> renewed kind of hit hit with you know people covering that song. Is it weird that people are now covering your songs on social media? <laughs> uh, no, not really. It's just you know that's how that's been a thing from day one. You know, but I say not so much social media back when Family Man was around, but like YouTube and stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people covering my earlier songs on on those platforms but yeah here here recently when when you see songs and they're just those 15 second or 30 second clips it's it's uh it's interesting to see how people are are reacting to those songs 
uh, and in, in what in and the different contexts that they get uploaded. Um, but you know, it's like Warren Ziders when he when he did that thing with outskirts, and uh, he he came to me about it. He's like, "Hey, do you mind if I record this song?" I was like, "Dude, I would love for you to to record it." Um, because I, my fan base and his fan base was two totally different, different things. And I said, I don't care who sings it. This song needs to be heard. And if it's not me and it, and it's you, let's, I'm all about it. Well, and, and to me, that goes back to those good songs can go, go across genres, across artists, because they're just good songs and they can connect yeah, with anyone. For sure. And, and you know, with, with that, you, you've been working, or well, you put out a new album, like I said at the at the top, um, the the Lost Files in February. But you hadn't released an album though in a, in a good while. What what happened? Well, I'm uh, I became independent. Um, I've had I've had these songs just sitting on hard drives, uh, most of them, and I just felt like it was time that none of these none of the none of these songs deserved to just be. L- spending the rest of their lives on in the digital world. I, I felt like they needed to be released, given a chance to fly. And, uh, I loved, I've loved every song that I've ever recorded. And I just, I just felt like it was time for that to happen. I mean, it's just, it took 10 years, but, but it was, uh, it was 10 years of finding the right songs and, and putting it together and make it happen. Well, you know, I've, I've <clears throat> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm a, I'm a late comer to the country scene. Um, although I, I got introduced in a, in a good way, I worked at a classic country station and a, and a pop station <laughs> mix, and I, I and I was at the one I was always on the side of the classic country and and so forth. So I've gotten to 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 learn a lot about artists and and to hear hear these these songs. It's it's amazing to see that you had all these these just kind of stashed yeah. away. Yeah, no, it's it's for whatever reason. I'm not going to point any blame at at any one person or one one whatever. But the, the yeah, these songs never made it onto an album. And it was just, uh, they were mine. They were just kind of my kids and I just wanted, I wanted people to meet them. Well, and, and one of those that, that I enjoy a good bit is tractor songs and Walker Hayes, uh, wrote that one. And, but he said he didn't want to record it. He said, this was more you. What's it like when someone like him comes to you with the song and is like, Hey, what do you think about this? That's just a testament to, uh, to Walker. I mean, he, he knew the song and he knew who I was and he, he just knew that, that they were meant for each other and he sent it to me and I fell in love with it. It was perfect. It checked all the boxes for me and, and what I thought a Craig Campbell song is. And, and here we are. We, we, we went into the studio, recorded it and put it out like record time. Um, but yeah, it was, again, it was one of those things that was just meant to be. Well, and the album's got everything from, you know, songs like hurting on it and, uh, what you do in a truck to, you know, like you said, those, those songs where you're talking about, you know, the church clothes that you, uh, with your wife, things like that. The song, the album has a, a little bit of everything on it. And that's what we try to do. We try to just spread it out a little bit. I, um, I'm trying to cover as many bases as I can. You know, when it comes to recording songs, I try to say, okay, what can I say that I haven't said before? Uh, or what can I, if I've said it already, how can I say it a little different? Um, and that's, that's the process I go through of, of recording songs. And, and you mentioned, you know, you're an independent guy now, but you've also started your own label. You also have a coffee shop and music venue with, 
uh, little music space with with your wife. So what's it like being an entrepreneur and and going down that? Oh, it's road? great. You know, honestly, being a country singer is is, is an entrepreneurial endeavor, if you will. In itself, uh, I'm basically the CEO of the the Craig Campbell business. Um, but you know, I had an, I had a dream of opening a coffee shop, a music venue for several years, and finally COVID kind of kind of paved the way for that. Um, and um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of terrible things happened during COVID, but at the same time, there was a, there was a silver lining for us. We we bought this building in in 20 actually started negotiating in late 2020 and bought it in 2021 and, and took us about a year to, to get it up and running. And, uh, it's, it's been blast. I, and I love it. I love like when I'm not on the road, I'm usually at the coffee shop working. Um, and if I'm not there, I'm with my girls on volleyball tournaments and it's just, uh, life is good. Well, and, and because of, you know, being a business owner and, and kind of wanting to see what's going on in, in your town, you decided to run, for city council what what pushed you to that and then you won <laughs> well my main my main dis- concern with 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 city council was you know i just having that business downtown like right downtown i wanted to be part of the decision making process because all those decisions directly affect grindstone cowboy and i just wanted to i wanted to be on i wanted to be part of that and i love eagleville and uh, i just now- I feel like i have some great ideas uh and i hopefully i can be a part of some cool things that uh eagleville is going through right now well when you're when you're downtown like you said a lot of things can be impacted by that and you, you want to make sure there's shops uh, on the corners and and people are, are visiting I, I must say who who came up with the name for the coffee shop that was, that was me i actually the name came first uh and you know i thought somebody said uh grindstone cowboy one day I thought I heard it and I just cataloged, stuck it in the back of my brain. I said, I said, man, that'd be a great name for a coffee shop. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I had, I had the idea of, a, of a opening a coffee shop and I already had the name. So. I was going to say that I love how that works. Is that how you go into when you're writing songs? Do you have the name already in mind and then you build off of it or how does that work yeah, for, for me, you? Does that work everything I, for you? I would that say way? most, most times for me writing songs that I get, have the title first and then you just, I go from there. And then are are you building off of ideas or bringing in past experiences, life experiences with you or folks, you know, how does that, that go? All that, you know, songs come from all over the place. Uh, feelings, experiences, uh, think people like Family Man was, was I, you know, obviously wasn't a family man myself at the time, but that was, that was the guy that I was talking about in that song. That's who I wanted to be. Um, Outskirts of Heaven was just a prayer request, basically, of the place that I wanted to have when I got to heaven. So I mean, there's different uh, different plans of attack when it comes to writing songs. Not one is the same, really, or no two are the and, same. And obviously, no two are the same. Now, now I know for you, obviously, you know, family is a big thing. I know you've been impacted by 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 things along the way, like you know, cancer, you know, affecting your family. So you've you've put a lot into that with uh, fight uh, colorectal cancer and you've raised more than $350,000 you put on events and stuff. And why is that something that's important to you? Yeah. And, and you know, I don't like to correct people, but 
we are, I have raised over a million dollars uh, for colorectal cancer, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, you're you're going to have to get on the other program on that one. <laughs> as soon as we hang up. Now, um, I've been doing this cornhole tournament for almost 10 years now, and it's it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, my, my desire to, to bring awareness to colorectal cancer began years ago when I was, I was 11 years old and my dad died, uh, with colon cancer. Um, and the older I got, the more questions I had, like, how, you know, why did he die? Why did I grow up without a dad? Why, why was he taken away? And then the more I, more I learned, the more I realized he could have done a lot of things to prevent it. Um, colorectal cancer is one of the most preventable cancers out there. So, I just dedicate. I just said, you know what? It's it's my it's my job to to help bring awareness to that, to get screened, to get to, you know get your colonoscopy, and then also help to raise money for all of that. And uh, so that's what we've been doing. Well, and like you said, you, you've been very successful, and and over a million dollars. I stand corrected. <laughs> I mean, that's over the course of uh, it- ten years, but yeah. Well, and it's a good thing to, whether it's money or awareness, those are, are much needed. And, and, you know, as, as you know, we're a little ways into 2023 now, you've, you've got that, the album out, you've got some, some songs that, that I think people are enjoying. I'm guessing when you title an album, you know, uh, part a, uh, is there going to be another version of this down the road? Well, there's going to be 16, or exhibit a? Yeah, six, 16 more songs coming out in, uh, either June or July this year. And uh, like I said, these these are all songs that I've had, and they're, just, they're, they're ready to go. And uh, I just I felt like doing the double album was the best way to do it just because, it, you know, and the reason that they had, they had, I had been sitting on them long enough. So. That, that, that's, that, that's a fair thing. So, so I'm guessing folks the rest of the year can expect more music and then obviously maybe seeing you out and about. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, more music always uh then tour dates always coming in um more tiktoks and more uh social media stuff so yeah um, i'm hammer down well well craig it, i've i've enjoyed the music that the new music that you put out the the older music that that folks may have known you for and 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 thanks for sharing uh, uh your story with me and and a drink sounds good brother Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.